Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, well, it's that time, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back live in the Prop Swap Studios on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. And let's bring John McMullen now into the fold here. John McMullen for our football daily fix. And he was at the game, of course. He covers every single game here uh, for the Eagles. Well, not for the Eagles, but he's an Eagles insider for um, Sports Illustrated and phillyvoice.com. And John's going to disagree with a lot of my thoughts here regarding Carson Wentz. So let's get into it, John. There's, not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, first of all, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm better. I don't have to sit through an Eagles-Cowboys game tonight, so that's a positive. <laughs> that, that is a positive. Um, that game was just a slop fest. It was an absolute yes, it was. <laughs> dumpster fire, and I'm sorry that you had to be there and be up until 3, 4 in the morning covering it. Um, so we have to start with number 11, John. You're, just You take the wheel here. Your initial, not initial, but your thoughts. Well, he didn't play well. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty evident. You can't turn the football over four times. It's, it's, you know, if that's not the Dallas Cowboys with a third-string quarterback, you're going to lose that game in a pretty significant fashion. Um, and it kind of tells you how bad Dallas was and what a bad state they're in. That you have a, a a starting quarterback who turns it over four times and, and and you still win by two touchdowns. So that kind of tells you um, the Eagles, despite you know, their best effort offensively, at least, they played pretty well defensively. But even that you have to take with a grain of salt because, again, who the quarterback was for the Cowboys. Um, offensively, though, Philadelphia did everything humanly possible to keep the Cowboys in the game as long as possible, and it started with the with the quarterback. So, uh, by no means am I going to make excuses for him. Yeah. He was terrible. The only thing I'll say is, yeah, I, he's not getting benched. There, there's no relevant backup quarterback here. I hate to break it to people. Jalen Hurts isn't ready to play. You see it. He's a step slow. Every time he's in the game, he's not ready to play. Uh, he's being forced into the uh, game plan. And and if you want to criticize something, go all the way back to April in the draft and say, why, why the heck are you taking a quarterback 53 overall, which I've said since that night. I continue to say it. Didn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And and by the way, you have to ask these questions, so I don't blame the reporters who asked them about Doug Peterson benching the quarterback. You have to ask that question yeah. after he plays that poorly. But it is a laughable idea, and it's a laughable idea because you don't have uh, a competent backup quarterback, number one, 
But Howie Roseman opened this door by taking a quarterback at number 53 overall, which we also said very early in this process. So it's a giant cluster, you know what. Uh, but Doug Peterson knows where he is, and that's what he's constantly said. we got to fix this in the fact we got to fix this with Carson Wentz. Can it be fixed? I don't know. It's year five. I'm the one who asked him the question after the game. <laughs> I heard you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, and, you know, Carson was, he, he took, I, I don't want to say he, he, you know, he said he's got to be better. He's got to stop turning the football over. But then he kind of got um, defensive and saying, this is the way I play. I'm going to continue to be aggressive. I'm going to continue to push it. And look, I mean, it's not working. Yeah, there's, working. there's a lot they of quarterbacks. <laughs> there's a lot of quarterbacks that are aggressive, and they don't turn the ball over at this rate. And I, I, I get what you're saying, John, and I agree with everything you're saying. Like, listen, there's no one better for the Eagles to turn to. It doesn't make sense, just from a common sense standpoint, to bench him for a long term stretch the rest of the the season for a game, whatever it is. But forget any other option the Eagles have at quarterback right now other than Carson Wentz. He's playing so bad, and he was playing so bad last night that it's just a a point of benching him to maybe light a fire under his rear, benching him to sit him down for a couple series and talking to him, let him take a breath, let him say, yo, you got to get this right or worse things are ahead for you. Like, do you know what I mean? It, It was that bad last night, John. It really was. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with some tough love behind the scenes. I, I wouldn't have an issue. I, I don't think, and this is where I think the Eagles are missing something uh, from early in his career when John Filippo was here, because I, I don't think Press Taylor's that guy. So it would have to be Doug Peterson or even Rich Gangarello or, or somebody uh, of that nature um, to go to Carson Wentz and say, look, I, I mean, <laughs> you're on thin ice here, and if you continue uh, to play this way, um, because it, it's not like Doug hasn't acknowledged um, this problem in the past. He has. He's verbalized it. Carson's verbalized it. Everybody's verbalized it, dating back to Frank Reich and, and, and John uh, DiFilippo. Um, it, it, it's a little bit of, of a give and take, and you don't want to coach the aggressiveness out of them. But at the same time, you shouldn't be going in a negative direction. You should be learning from these mistakes and, and sort of evolving uh, from that standpoint. If anything, we're seeing a regression. Um, and part of it is, Maybe he doesn't trust the offensive line, which is he certainly shouldn't uh, with all the issues that we've talked about. Uh, but now even the lack of playmakers, you know, you're you're starting to get over that hurdle. Dallas Goddard's back in the game, although he didn't play that well. Jalen Rager's back in the game, uh, back in the lineup, although he didn't play that well. Uh, and on top of it, Travis Fulgham is the one guy who did play well on that offense again. Um, he, he's now at the point where you can say that's, that's – it's strange to say it, but he's kind of a proven entity at this point. 
So it's not as bad as it once was as far as the weapons. And, yeah, I mean, you're running out of excuses for Carson Wentz. Stop making rookie mistakes. Yeah. The difference, the only difference between Carson Wentz and Ben DiNucci, well, there were two differences. Eagles defenders dropped a whole heck of a lot of interceptions. Uh, and then the second, in between the terrible plays, for Carson, you had a few great throws like you always have. And that even probably amps up the frustration because you say, "Why? where's that? Why? Where's, yeah. where's the consistency uh, from that? And you got none of that, obviously, from Ben DiNucci, nor was it expected. So that was the only difference between the two quarterbacks. But one was a rookie seventh-round pick. He, you expect him to stink, and he lived up to it. The fifth-year elite star quarterback is not supposed to stink against it by the way yeah against the defense that was giving up 35 points a game in essence coming in yeah their defense is i mean you can you can probably make an argument even with what they had last night that their defense is worse than the offense at least they have i mean i know they have some big time names and big time players a couple of them at least on the defense but i think the defense could be worse than the offense um John, let me ask you this. Is the coaching staff and Doug Peterson not putting Carson in a good position to win? Like, why did we see what we saw last night? You you felt like he was trending in the right direction, so to speak, going into the game last night, and then he just took four steps back. Well, yeah, last night, I, I, I didn't have, after rewatching the game today, um, I didn't have huge problems with the interceptions. Um, you know, some good plays, I think. I think Trevon Diggs is going to be a really good player if he can get uh, over the hump um, and, and not lose his confidence. You have those startup calls for rookie players. He's kind of going through that, but he's really talented. Um, I, so I didn't have a huge problem with the interceptions. The fumbles, though, uh uh, I, I don't know what the number is. It's something like 55 and 66 games. Somewhat, some, something around that number. I, I mean, he's trying to extend the play. He's all a, a cheap plug for the Saturday <laughs> show. But uh, late fumble, is he's coming down. Th- these are just throw the football away. Get, we talked about this ad nauseum live to play another down, so to speak. It's not the worst thing in the world, even if you have to punt, especially against a team that can't score. You know that going in. They couldn't move the ball. You can't do anything. (laughs) And and, and all you have to do is play a clean game. Remember, they won by two touchdowns, and they turned it over four times. If they play a clean game, they win that game by... 28 yeah. points. Oh, they should have. I mean, arguably it was a 15 to 9 game. So, while we're touching on that, let let's discuss um the fumble that everyone's talking about that put the Eagles ahead by, you know, multiple scores there and essentially closed out the game now in the coffin. Um what what are your thoughts on that play? Was it a fumble? Uh yeah, I I thought they should have blown it dead. Uh, I don't think it should have went back for a touchdown. But it, it, it's one of those things where 
Um, I, I did, you know, you didn't know much about Ben DiNucci, but in the short time he was in uh, against Washington, he fumbled twice. So you knew ball security was an issue. And then you saw it earlier in the game uh, with Brandon Graham with the strip sack. So he was going to put it on the ground. So uh, that part of it wasn't a surprise. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I, I'm not – I don't know where you're going with that. I don't think it was a break. I don't think the Cowboys were close to winning that game. I no, was, me either. Me either. Uh, astonishingly, you know, it shouldn't have been that close. Uh, he, he, the only thing by the second half, the only thing he could accomplish was a smoke screen, essentially, to Michael Gallup. That was it. <laughs> I, I, and it looks like Ezekiel Elliott is, is done as a player because they've given him 350 touches every year. He doesn't My have goodness. any juice. The backup looked better, John. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, Sorry to cut you off, but the backup, uh, Pollard? Pollard looked, yeah, he looked a lot more explosive. He did. Uh, He looked better. Uh, He could get it to the tight end if the tight end was wide open, Um, but there was no anticipation that he was throws. Like I said, he was as advertised. He was as bad as it gets for a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, And, yeah, I, I mean... There were no, and that's what I wrote on phillyvoice.com. If you're looking for style points, there were none. There were zero. It was terrible. Um, but they got the win, and so it, how do you look at it? It's They were supposed to win. They did win. Um, and you move on, and you just turn the page, and that's how Doug kind of spun it uh, post-game. Um, but, yeah, if you wanted – if he wanted style points, there were none there. And everybody wanted style points. They weren't getting them. <laughs> yeah, I, to be fair for the people that wanted the style points, and I'm on the wrong side of the fence here, so I don't like that. But um, it, it, the Eagles haven't looked good in months, arguably. But it was just beyond bad, as you know. So I think it's it is some cause for concern. It's just it's beyond um, it's beyond ugly that game last night, and I did want to ask you about a positive. Welcome back, T.J. Edwards. I mean, a forced fumble, quarterback hit, thirteen total tackles, six solo. He, he looked fantastic. I don't know if it's just because the Cowboys were that bad and it, the style fit his strengths. What did you see? Yeah, it was the perfect time to trade T.J. Edwards for Nate Gary because you you had a Cowboys team that had to run the football. That was their only way. We talked about it uh, last week. We talked about it on the Saturday show. That was their only path to victory. Uh, And T.J. is the Eagles' only traditional linebacker. You know, the old school 240-pound downhill um, run-stuffing linebacker. So this was the perfect fit for him. But, yeah, I wouldn't get too excited about that because as you get down later in the schedule, after the bye, yeah, it starts with the Giants, so no big deal. But then it's Cleveland, and then you have that murderer's row, <laughs> which I don't, it, the, I don't know the order, but it's Green Bay, it's Seattle. I'll pull it up. Um, New Orleans, Arizona, uh, over a month period. And – if you think about some of those teams, not all of them, but certainly Seattle with Russell Wilson, um, certainly Arizona with Kyler Murray, even Cleveland 
with Baker Mayfield, um, it's not, you know, it's going to be different. So you're not necessarily going to want the 242-pound linebacker uh, who's running downhill. He's going to be a two-down player again. So I, I wouldn't get too excited about that. Yeah, and just uh, for the listeners, it's bye week next week, then at the Giants, at Cleveland, home against Seattle, on the road at Lambeau Field against the Packers, home against Drew Brees and the Saints, on the road against Kyler Murray in Arizona, and then they finish on the road in Dallas and at home against Washington. Yeah, so basically you have to win all three NFC games, right. and then, which is very possible, and then... Uh, hopefully get one or two uh, out of that other uh, group, which is difficult, uh, you know. But we always talk about NFL games. What what looks really difficult right now might not look as difficult that week, depending on injuries, depending on who's able to go, who's not able to go. And the one positive is, is the Eagles are getting healthier, and, and we mentioned all the players back. Um TJ's one of them. Jason Peters actually played pretty well. Uh, I know people don't want to hear that, but uh, he played pretty well. Uh, Jalen Rager had his first touchdown, had a two-point conversion, but you know he missed another contested catch, 50-50 ball that should have been a touchdown, uh, to be honest. Um, so he's still a work in progress, but you know, you know Dallas Scott is going to get better and better. Zach Ertz is going to be back probably after the bye. Um, so they're getting healthier and healthier. And the injuries they suffered yesterday were not serious. Darius Slay, uh, Malik Jackson. So they'll be uh, in the mix still. Um, they're going to win this division. But, <laughs> you know, that's got, I've said it constantly. It's got more to do with the opposition than the Eagles. The Eagles are, are, are a bad football team. They're just the best bad football team in a bad division. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, you talk about getting one or two of those games uh, against all those strong teams at the moment. But I think this week in the NFL as a whole is a good indicator that anything can happen. I mean, the Vikings beat the Packers. The Bengals beat the Titans. Um I mean, what else? The Broncos take down the Chargers as an underdog, two bad teams. Dolphins take down the Rams. It was it was an underdog weekend. So, you know, they can definitely get a couple of those games that we're not expecting them to get. Yeah, and that's what I, I constantly say about the NFL is even bad teams have a lot of good players. And you saw it, and you mentioned some of those games. I mean, you know, sometimes Dalvin Cook goes off and, and you win a game. Um, who's to say Miles Sanders? That's a guy I didn't mention. He'll be back after the bye. Who's to say he doesn't go off in one of those games? I mean, he's not that type of player, but you get the point. Uh, it, it, the, even bad teams have a lot of good players, uh, and you saw it with Dallas. And, and you mentioned that defense. I mean, hey, DeMarcus Lawrence can play. I just said, you saw it for Von Diggs. That guy's got a lot of talent. Um, every team's got good players, and, and, and the Eagles have good players. And, um, yeah, there, a lot of those games don't look good on paper, but I don't think they're going 0-5 in that, those games. I think they'll find a way to win one or two, especially if they're as healthy 
as we think they're going to be, and Miles is back and Zach is back, and all that happens. And maybe if you do have that full group and, and what it projects to be, Miles at running back, Zach and Dallas Goddard at tight end, Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward at receiver, maybe Carson stops trying to make a, a damn play for 60 consecutive plays and just lets the offense work for him, which is another thing Doug Peterson has said time and time and time again. What is your biggest one one positive and one negative, the two uh, biggest, one on each side, the biggest positive takeaway from last night and the biggest negative takeaway from last night that could rear its ugly head in the future after the bye week? Well, the biggest positive was, was Travis Fulgham. Um, I mean, that guy's been amazing out of nowhere. He's like a Randy Orton RKO out of nowhere. Um <laughs> No one, no one expected him to do anything. Carson was six of seven throwing the football to Travis Fulgham, and I think it was nine of twenty to everybody else. Um, wow! Uh, the the guys, uh, he, he's it, it's at the point like I, I can't explain it, um, but he is not only. Uh, we talked about it at the end of last season with players like Greg Ward and Boston Scott. And, and and Josh Perkins even. And we said, well, these guys played pretty well for practice squad players getting elevated and helped the Eagles make that playoff run. That's not what Travis Fulgham is doing. He's playing like one of the best receivers in the entire NFL. And it's just bizarre. Uh, but you ride that train, and he's he's just dominating. Um, and and that would be the lone positive on the offensive side of the football. I think you had some minor positives with, as I mentioned, Jason Peters. I think Jordan Mailata uh, did better than you would expect moving over right tackle. You had that gave up a sack on the first pass play of the game and then kind of settled down a little bit. He wasn't great, but I thought it was positive. Uh, the negative to the offense, though, as a whole, is that offensive line. I mean, they need to develop some consistency. We talked about the injuries. Another name we haven't mentioned, Lane Johnson. When can Lane Johnson get back and stay on the field? Because until that happens, this offensive line is going to continue to be a major issue. I think if they can get to the point where you at least have Kelsey at least have Lane Johnson and Jason Peters. I think it could be okay, and you cobble things together at guard with Nate Herbig and whether it's Matt Pryor or whoever. Uh, but they got to get to that point. Defensively, I, I, I give them credit for doing what they were supposed to do. Um, I think Rodney McLeod is starting to play better now that Jim Schwartz is moving him around. So he's, he's put Rodney McLeod in the Malcolm Jenkins role. And that wasn't what it was at the start of the season. Rodney was playing single high, uh, and they were using Jalen Mills more in that role. Uh, and I think ever since he did that a couple weeks ago, Rodney has, I don't know if it's more juice or 
more energy, but he seems to enjoy it, and he's playing at a high level. I would say the disappointment, man, they should have turned that, that guy over five, six times. They had three three interceptions, um, and they just dropped him. Ronnie had one. Jalen had one. Michael Jaquette had one. Um, and they just dropped him. For whatever reason, this team can't finish when it comes to interceptions and turnovers as a whole. Again, that's Ben DiNucci, so they got the, the strip sacks, but that's not going to happen against good quarterbacks. What are your thoughts on Brandon Graham now at the halfway point of the season? Brandon's been great for years. Uh, what I, I've written about it a lot, talked about it a lot. Such a weird um, Philadelphia athlete. I, I think the narrative was so strong early in his career that he was a bust. Hmm. Everybody wanted Earl Thomas and everybody wanted Jason Pierre-Paul. And they made fun of the Eagles for drafting Brandon Graham. And all of a sudden, he clicked uh, as a late bloomer. And he became this great player. One of the best two-way edge rushers in, in, in the NFL, uh, edge players. And for whatever reason, people don't recognize it. I, I mean, they're recognizing it this year because he, he's putting up sacks. But he's played better in the past. He He's a consistent pain in the you-know-what. Every offensive coach talks about him, game plans for him. They know how difficult he is to deal with. And it's been this way for years. But the sack numbers are have been there. Uh, for the first half of the season, so people are recognizing it. This guy's played at a high level for five, six years now. Yeah, it's really impressive, and I'm always rooting for him, and that narrative is just, you're right, he's one of the most, the strangest Philadelphia athletes, I think it will go down in history as one of the strangest athletes in this city, because... I mean, you don't win the Super Bowl without the play he makes. And what he's doing at this stage of his career and what he's done consistent-wise, I mean, it's just been impressive. Uh, BG continues to produce. Yeah, I, I, I had mentioned last week, the other day, he is now at the state where he is an all-time great eagle. I mean, an mm-hmm. all-time great eagle. And I don't think most people recognize that. For It's, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, if you say that about Jason Kelsey, they'll agree with it. Fletcher Cox, he's in that category. He's in that same category, and not a lot of fans recognize him. And and it's weird for so many reasons. And not only because you should want to embrace a player like that, but then on top of it, Brandon's like the greatest guy in the world. It's like, what the heck do you want? I mean, what's this guy got to do? <laughs> I guess he's got to get 10 sacks. So right. he's going to get 10 sacks this year, and finally people are going to say, oh, this guy's the greatest guy in the world. He always has. <laughs> Who's this guy? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. Talk with John McMullen as we do every night right here at 1030 for your daily football fix. Extending the play every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and all of his written work, uh, phillyvoice.com and Sports Illustrated at si.com, and follow him on Twitter at jfmcmullen. We have a couple minutes to play with, John. Um, I was going to ask you about some broad NFL stuff, but since the Eagles are on the bye, maybe we'll get more into that 
uh, you know, this week and even next week, like Super Bowl predictions, biggest surprise, MVP stuff, um, because we're at the halfway point, and it certainly doesn't feel like it. No, it's been a, uh, a strange season for obvious reasons, and I, I think that will continue. If you saw some of the news break, breaking from the NFL today, uh, obviously COVID cases are rising nationwide. NFL's not immune to that, and now they put together this plan, a contingency plan. If they can't get through 16 games, uh, they're going to add to the playoffs, sort of like baseball, even further. Um, so all this rigmarole uh, hopefully isn't needed, uh, and hopefully we get through the season uh, and get to the playoffs on time. But we'll see. Nobody knows. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, to, and and by the way, tomorrow's the trade deadline. So that, that's on right. top of it, uh, election day and the trade deadline. So do you, what, what do you think happens and, for the Eagles? Anything? I got to tell you, Doug Peterson downplayed it today. Really, really downplayed it. So that's got me thinking maybe um, he's not. Yeah, and you you look at Doug's history. I mean, whether it's Golden Tate, uh, the first year was Jay Ajayi, last year was Sean Avery. This team generally makes a move at the trade deadline, but the guys don't get involved. Jay, it took Jay a while. He would be the one guy that by the end was involved in a pretty significant way. Um, And Doug kind of hemmed and hawed about because of all the COVID protocols, it takes somebody new in the building. It takes them longer to go through all that just to start uh, to go to work. Um, So it's much more difficult than it normally is. And this is, again, a team that has not embraced players from the outside midseason. So Howie's Howie. He might make a deal, but I'm not sure how impactful uh, it'll be because I'm not sure this coaching staff would be thrilled with integrating somebody midway through the season. We'll see what they do, uh, and we'll be talking about it every step of the way. John, with about 50 seconds left here, I want your thoughts on the nuke from Daryl Morey to Howard Eskin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Howard's uh, an interesting uh, fellow. Uh, I'll just say that he's a, he's a, he's a nice man. I think uh, a lot of the the hate that goes his way um, is it, his own fault. It's part stick. But Howard is sort of a guy. If you if you're an organization like the Eagles who give him access, he'll be nice to you. And if you don't give him access, like Sam Henke. He will not be nice to you. That's basically Howard Eskin in a nutshell. There it is, in a nutshell. Uh, All right, John, I appreciate it. Uh, As always, Eagles get the win in an ugly fashion, uh, but it's a win. Now they have a bye, and they sit atop the Ben DiNucci division of the NFL. (laughs) Thanks, John. The DiNucci of divisions. Yes, I used to have Billy Boyd. I saw that. That's trademarked by John McMahon. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com.